This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Inna alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inu. Wa nasta'ufiruhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakalu alayhi. ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وله الحكم وله الامر يحيي ويميت وهو حي دائم لا يموت وهو على كل شيء قدير ولا حول ولا قوه الا بالله العلي العظيم واشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى اله واصحابه وازواجه ومن وله وبعض فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الحدي حدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ايها الاخوه الكرام واخوات السيدات السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته الله سبحانه وتعالى منتن تو اس ان ا سوره سوره القصص أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وابتغي فيما اتاك الله الدار الاخره ولا تنسى نصيبك من الدنيا واحسن كما احسن الله اليك ولا تبغ الفساد في الارض ان الله لا يحب المفسدين This is Jum'ah. And it is the best of all days. It is a day of worship and a day of sacred rituals. But in layman's terminology, the Jum'ah is like a clinic. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his wisdom really realizing his creatures his servants that if he did not order them to go to the clinic on Jumu'ah they would not have their blood cleaned like someone who has to have their blood cleaned every week And you know 
When you have a disease in the blood, and you have to have your blood cleaned once a week or twice a week or three times a week, if you don't go to that, your body will become toxic and you will die. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered His creatures to leave their business and leave their occupations and go to Jum'ah so that they can have their bodies and their minds and their constitutions cleaned. And a prescription can be given to them which will benefit them. In the world which we are living in today, not the world that has passed or the world that will come, but in the contemporary world that we are living in today, the Muslim cannot afford to be preoccupied with themselves. We understand that on the day of judgment, every soul will look to itself. But in this dunya and the societies that we live in, we cannot afford to only look to ourselves. And we could discuss this topic in an intellectual gathering and get many benefits and perspectives. But since this is Jum'ah, I want to use the, the Athar of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu an, he said, خير الكلام ما قل ودل. The best speech or presentation is the one that is short, concise, brief, but it is prolific and pregnant with meanings. It means you don't have to talk a lot to say much. And so we want to use the Qur'an, the best guidance and the best words, to discuss something which we Muslims must be aware of. The topic is called social responsibility. In this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَبْتَغِي فِي مَا أَتَاكُ اللَّهُ الدَّارُ الْآخِرَةِ So seek, pursue, through which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has endowed you or given to you the دَارُ الْآخِرَةِ Seek the hereafter. دَبْغِي Seek the hereafter. Perform your worship. Make your adhkar. Read Quran. 
make dua, perform all of the fara'id, do all the sunnah that you can do. However, these are only rituals and exercises that help you stay within the bounds. These are rituals and exercises that Allah has given to you as a prescription so that your body and your mind and your spirit and your endeavors, they remain balanced. But the religion, the deen, the system of Islam, it is not constrained only to those things. It is very wide. Some people go to the beach. Some people go to the beach only to sit on the beach and watch the water. They can't swim. Some people go to the beach to swim. But not too far out because they're not that good of a swimmer. Some people get in a boat and they go out. Some people cross the ocean. Others dive looking for pearls and other kinds of things. Why? Because what the ocean contains, what benefit it has, is very deep and very wide. And this religion is deeper and wider than the ocean. So we can discuss many things about the deen al-Islam. But I want to remind myself and I want to remind the Muslims that this deen, although we will be accountable ourselves. This deen is a social mechanism. This is why our Prophet ﷺ told us that marriage is one half of the faith. Because you cannot prove your responsibility in this life until you get married. Because when you get married, the challenges of society begins on you. So when you get married, you start to learn, experience, and understand what it means to be responsible. You begin to build a family. It's not about you. It's about you and your spouse. Then it becomes about you and your spouse and children. And then how they fit with your parents and your siblings and then how you fit in that neighborhood with the rest of the extended family and then how you interact in that neighborhood in that neighborhood in that society and then that society and how it impacts upon the world so something as simple as seeking marriage is your entrance into your responsibility in the society and your impact upon the world so Allah told us, seek that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you towards the Darul Akhirah. Because that is the maqasid. The objective is the Darul Akhirah. So the next ayah he says, وَلَا تَنْسَى نَصِيبَكَ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا But do not forget do not neglect, do not circumvent 
your share in this dunya. La ilaha illallah. Now your share doesn't mean your slice of the pie. That's not what it means here. Your share means your share of responsibility. Your share of influence. Your share of empowerment. Responsibility. Influence. Empowerment. Because at the end of the day, The objective of this deed, it is not a personal objective. You see, in another ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, He mentions, لِيُذْهِرَهُ عَلَى الدِّينِ كُلِّ وَلَوْ كَرِهَ الْكَافِرُونَ لِيُذْهِرَهُ عَلَى الدِّينِ كُلِّ That the objective of this deed is that eventually, Inevitably, this deen, it will have, it will supersede, it will have influence, it will obtain a position of power over every other system, regardless of whether the unbelievers or the mushrikeen or the, or, or the munafikeen, they hate it or not. Therefore, we should not forget, neglect, or circumvent our portion of influence, our portion of responsibility, and our portion of seeking power in this earth. He follows up this ayah by saying, وَأَحْسِنْ كَمَا أَحْسَنَ اللَّهَ إِلَيْكُ أَحْسَنَ اللَّهُ إِلَيْكُ SubhanAllah In another ayah Allah says وَأَحْسِنُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ And just for the record This word إِحْسَان It has many meanings according to where it is recited or spoken you know, in a famous hadith, when Jibreel السلام, came to the Prophet وسلم, and taught him, he taught him, he asked him, what is Ihsan? And his answer to the Prophet was that Ihsan is that you worship Allah as if you see him. Although you do not see him, you must worship him knowing that he is seeing you. But in this context, in this ayah, that's not the meaning. In this context, the meaning of وَأَحْسِنُ or in this meaning, وَأَحْسِنْ كَمَا أَحْسَنَ اللَّهُ إِلَيْكَ It means and be benevolent. As Allah has been benevolent towards you. And each one of us should look up the word benevolence. 
the object of be, of giving sadaqah the object of giving sadaqah is to become benevolent benevolence is when a gift is given without any conditions and the giver is giving without any consideration of the loss subhanallah Allah wants us Muslims to be in a position to give, to benefit, to endow humanity without the expectation of getting something back and secondly without the consideration of any loss. Subhanallah. And do not seek corruption in the earth seeking benefit do not seek corruption in the earth seeking influence do not seek corruption in the earth seeking empowerment because Allah he does not love and he will not bless the people who seek corruption I am reminded of a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, which I will give Kamaqala Rasulullah about a group of people who drew lots to get on a boat. And some people they drew the lots for the bottom of the boat, and others they drew the lots for the top of the boat. And as we know, when you get on a boat, once you got your position, your ticket, or your seat on the boat or the plane, once you take your seat or your position, you don't have any choice about that matter after that. So, the people who was on the bottom of the boat, they didn't like the fact that the water was put at the top of the boat. And then the people from the top of the boat have to bring the water down to them. You know, it's, it's called gravity feed. There, there was no pumps, you know, no way to pump the water and around the whole boat. It's called gravity feed. So the water comes from the top and it naturally comes down to the bottom. But the people on the bottom, because maybe they're on the bottom because of their mentality. Maybe they're on the bottom because of their behavior. Maybe they're on the bottom because of their akhlaq. Maybe they're on the bottom because of their faith. Maybe they're on the bottom of the world or the life or the society for many reasons. And they become jealous. And they said, no, you don't have to bring us any water. We will drill a hole in the bottom of the boat and get our own water. So the Prophet ﷺ, he reminded us that if those at the top of the boat, because they have more responsibility, those who are at the top of the boat because they are more intellectual, the people who are at the top of the boat because they are more responsible, the people who are at the top of the boat because they got the GPS, they're at the top of the boat because they've been consigned to be at the top of the boat. They are responsible if they allow the people on the bottom of the boat to drill a hole in the bottom of the boat, they will all drown. Now this rule applies to any society. Doesn't matter that we happen to be in Kuwait and I happen to be an American. The world is the ocean. And our society is a boat. And we 
have been placed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the top of the boat. And if we allow the people who is in the bottom of the boat to drill a hole, then we will subvert the mission of the society. Muslims, every day when you get up, seeking your benefit, sending your children to school, yourselves going to work, your wives going to the marketplace, seeking the benefit in the society, you must reflect and think for yourselves how you got this benefit in this society. Your government, its responsible people, it provided you with this structure that gives you the dignity and the opportunities which you have and you must not be the kind of person that takes it for granted that you get these benefits that you have just because you are who you are and you are where you are. No. Somebody worked and strove and suffered and planned and cultivated the society and its institutions for you to have that. Therefore, you must wake up in the morning to do what you normally do. But you must wake up in the morning also thinking about the well-being of the society. When you come out of your house, if there's some trash in the street, you cannot say to yourself, oh, the street sweepers, they will pick that up. No, you're the street sweeper. It's your block. It's where you live. And you know, in this religion, there is a principle called Amr bil Ma'roof wa Nahir al Munkar. It is a principle in our religion that is sometimes neglected because we become so intellectual, we become so spiritual, we become so preoccupied that we forget about Amr bil Ma'roof wa Nahir al Munkar. And because of that, we become agents against ourselves. Enjoining the right and forbidding the wrong is a social responsibility. It is not just the responsibility of the army or the police. It's not the responsibility of the government. No, every person, every father must teach this principle to his children. Every mother must teach it to her children. Every family must practice it in their neighborhood. Because our Prophet ﷺ, before he received the revelation, before he was commissioned officially as a prophet, he was born as a prophet, he was born as a messenger, this was a part of his endowment. But he was not formally commissioned until he was 40 years old. So what he was doing until that time? Well, you know when our Prophet ﷺ was about 18 years old, 17 or 18 years old according to the seerah, he belonged to a group called Hilful Fudul. Hilful Fudul. It is like a society to do good. It is it's like a group of people who are doing good for the society. What are they doing? They're making sure that the old people, you know, are facilitated. They're making sure that there's no bad people that's around the neighborhood causing any uh, problems. They are cleaning the neighborhood. They're doing chores. They're looking for the good. They're helping the people out. They're giving sadaqah. They're getting water for people. They're doing, they're relating to people. They're seeing children. They're looking at people who is uh, in different situations and they're helping them. So the Prophet, them before he was formally commissioned as a prophet and a messenger, he was doing what? Social work. 
As a young man, he was doing social work. That was the nature of a prophet. That was the nature of our prophet, and that's the nature of prophethood, to be concerned about the people. So my talk today, I remind myself and I remind you that you should not take for granted what you have or who you are or where you are, but you must adopt a position and an attitude and a disposition about social responsibility. This is what our subject is today. You know, our Prophet Sallallahu he mentioned that the believer to another believer is like a building. Kel Bunyan. He put his fingers together like that. So we are to each other like the bricks are to the building. That means what? We support each other. He said we also like the parts of a, a body. If one part of the body is hurting, the whole body is registered. The brain will register that pain and send that signal throughout the entire body. And that body will not sleep. It will not rest until that pain is relieved. And Muslims are suffering all over the world. Starving all over the world. And shame on us that we go to sleep at night and we do not think about the suffering of the Muslims or the suffering of humanity. Because it is a part of our religion that we take stock of ourselves, that we review the benefits Allah has given to us, and that we are thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for what He has given to us, and in our minds we regret that we are not able to share what we have and relieve the pain and the suffering of other Muslims and other people who are just human beings. <clears throat> In this regard, I remind myself and I remind you. That the aim of all that you invest for yourselves, for your children, for your family, for your neighborhood, for your society, for your country. It is to benefit humanity. You want to benefit your country. You want your country to have the best integrity. You want your country to have the best reputation. You want your country to have the best quality of life. You want your country to have the best resources. That's natural. But you should also think about the world and humanity. Because at the end of the day, Muslims are humanitarians. We are concerned as our Prophet about those we cannot see, those that we don't know, those we don't hear their voices and will never hear our voice. We must be concerned about them and our life has to reflect that. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we all become more concerned about our social responsibility. Even you should go home and look up this ayah in Surah Al-Qasas. Look some ahadith from the Prophet and uh, write some small half page or write a page, not for somebody else, not to print in a magazine, just for yourself. And then share it. Husband, share it with your wife. Wife, share it with your husband. Husband, wife, share it with your children. Children, share it with your siblings. 
Children, share it with your fellow students, your co-workers. Share it because that which is good, when it is shared, it makes it even better. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he, he bless this country. That he bless the custodians of this country. That he bless the ruling family who, have the, who holds the supreme social responsibility of this country. And that he blesses all the people who are in prime positions of influence in this country. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless the men who themselves are kuwamuna ala nisa. And that, we, that he bless and preserve the women who is responsible for raising and cultivating and protecting the home. And that he bless the children from the fitna and the facade which they are subject to more so than we are. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that each one of us, we go back to our homes with the prescription that we got today to benefit ourselves, to benefit our families, to benefit our society, and inevitably to benefit the world. وَأَقُولُ قَوْلِ هَذَا وَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ لِي وَلَكُمْ يَا اللَّهُ غَفُرُ الرَّحِيمِ بِرَحْمَتِكِ يَا أَرْحَمَ الرَّحِيمِ أَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ashraf al-anbiya sallallahu alayhi wa salamu ala alihi wa ashabihi wa azwadihi wa man wala Dear brothers and sisters in Islam This deen was constructed to be mobilized through a mechanism called the Jama'ah community. Because what the individual cannot do by themselves, a group of organized individuals are able to do. And it has been constructed in such a way that that community and that jama'ah that it is led through the wisdom and through the insight of a selected human being whom the people entrust the responsibility is like being on the road and you only have one driver and the driver has to drive 300 miles. Now you know in the course of driving 300 miles, even on beautiful highways, in a Mercedes or whatever you're driving, you know if the driver goes to sleep, it can mean a sudden end and destruction for the, everybody in the car. So... We must always pray for the driver. Give good advice and all of that, but don't bother the driver. Trust the driver. Pick the best driver. Let the driver drive. Rest, make our prayer, whatever. Because you see, this is a collective effort. But he's the only one that got the driver license. It's a collective effort. So he cannot take the... F no. No. When you point your finger, one finger, three fingers is pointing back at you. 
full responsibility of this journey and the lives in that vehicle. It is a collective effort. So I want everyone to think about the fact that they have a responsibility in the society where they live at. And you can't just point the finger when something go wrong. You can't point the finger at somebody who you say is the driver. Like the Sahib al Hoot, what he said in his dua. When he was, uh, when he was uh, put in the ocean and swallowed by the fish. He didn't like that experience. He didn't know what happened to him when he was swallowed by the fish and he found out he's in the belly of the fish and his body was burning from the, uh, from the acid inside the belly of the fish. He didn't curse the fish. He didn't curse the water. He didn't curse the people in the boat. No, what did he say? He said, La ilaha illa anta. Subhanaka inni kuntu min al-dalimeen. He blamed himself. He didn't blame others. So Muslims, Stop blaming others and take full responsibility for yourselves. I end by an ayah that is recited in most masjids today around the world. And there is a historical reason why this ayah began to be recited. We will not discuss that today. But you can look for yourself. There's an ayah that's recited in almost every place, every khutbah. There's an ayah that's recited just before we finish, we, we, before we pray. Inna allaha ya'maru bil-adl wal-ihsan wa ita'i dhul-qurba wa yanha anil-fahshai wal-munqari wal-baghi ya'idhukum la'allakum tadhakkaroon. You heard this ayah? But did you think about the ayah? Did you reflect upon the ayah? Did you look to the meaning of the ayah? You heard the ayah all of your life. You heard the ayah thousands of times. But did you stop for a moment and see what's the meaning of this ayah? Most of us, we are thinking to ourselves when we hear that ayah, it's time to pray. And we start moving and we're going to stand up and pray. But we forgot the ayah even before we leave the masjid. Today, along with the first ayah that I gave from Surah Al-Qasas, I want you to look for the ayah. Inna Allah ya'maru bil-adl wal-ihsan. وَإِتَاءِ ذِي الْقُرْبَى وَيَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْقَرِ وَالْبَغِي يَئِذُكُمْ لَعَلَكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ You need to look to this ayah and the meaning of this ayah in relationship to what we have discussed today. If you don't know where the ayah is, I'm not going to tell you. So ask those who know and they will tell you. The meaning is, Verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْمَرُ بِالْعَدْلُ he has ordered upon you social justice. Wal ihsan. Wa ita'idhul qurba wa yanha'an al-fahshai wal munqari wal baqi. And that you be benevolent towards your neighbors, your family, and the poor people. And that you stay away from all kinds of fahshai wal munqar. You strive against that. To be a good Muslim. To be a moral-minded Muslim. O Muslims, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remind me and remind all of us of our responsibility as custodians, as shepherds. That He forgive our sins, that He protect our families, He preserve our iman.
ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقينا عذاب النار ربنا آتنا من لدنك رحمة وحيئ لنا من أمرنا رشدا ربنا إننا آمنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وقينا عذاب النار ربنا آمنا فاغفر لنا وارحمنا وأنت خير الراحمين لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إني كنت من الظالمين يا الله غفور رحيم برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين إباد الله إن الله يعمل بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذو الكربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون برذكر الله تعالى وأعلى وأولى وأعز وجل وتم وحم وأكبر وأقم الصلاة يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون برذكر الله تعالى وأعلى وأولى وأعز وجل وتم وحم وأكبر وأقم الصلاة